Hello everybody and welcome to She Talks Tech, where I profile women in technology and STEM careers. My aim is to elevate and amplify their stories and inspire more women to join this field. Through detailed interviews with successful women in technology and STEM, I explore their career paths, challenges, successes, and advice for aspiring professionals. Join me as I celebrate the achievement of women in technology and STEM and discover the diverse and exciting opportunities available in this field. Um, in today's episode, I have one of the women that inspires me. I actually didn't know how to actually tackle this conversation because on the other hand she is my sister that or rather my adopted sister that we've kind of just shared so much over time um in my early days in my career I kind of just got to have people who carry me and she's one of those people so uh today's conversation is a different one and you can hear from my voice I'm really excited I'm just really excited for us to be able to have this conversation and talk and and really um at the end of the day I, I hope that we get to be in a position where we share her story and it basically touches as many I was actually telling her now that by this conversation I'm trying to share her with the world because like I mean I'm not selfish you know so yeah um welcome welcome uh Sisma Lissimoshiho Thank you, Silani. Thank you, um, my adopted little sister in, in ICT and uh, yeah, the world yeah. of tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been more than a sister. It it actually really like is is it it's insane and it's it's funny how um I look at our journey from like 2014. Um, the first time we met, I think, was um when I ran this first girls in ICT and. Somehow, I think Misha referred me to you and he was like, you need to talk to her. And I think you actually agreed to be part of the first speakers of the first event that we had. And at the time, we didn't know each other. And it was just like, people are just really agreeing to come and speak to this event that they actually have not had of. And I was just like, this is very interesting. And then you came and spoke and it was just really, really such a beautiful experience. And from that experience, we never looked back. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, for today, it's not about me. It's not about the the stories and, and my experience with you. It's really more about you. So I want us to start from the beginning. Um, I want you to take me through the early days of, um, or rather the early years of, of, of Malissi Mashiro. Within uh, the career side no, they're the young, the young Malisi. I'm really interested. I think the young Malisi would actually then address how we actually continue with the journey. Okay. Well, um, the young Malisi is um the last daughter of a very, very big uh, uh family uh coming from Limpopo and. As the last daughter who would be uh, obviously a daddy's girl, yeah. uh, every part of my journal, every year when my journal fills up and I have to get a new one, um, as much as we've got tech, there's always this one where you want to write with your pen. Yeah, I, I start that journal with uh, something my father told me about me before I got to know who I was. Hmm. 
And uh, I was obviously tiny petite in size and the last daughter, this voice after me, but everybody treats me like the little girl in the family. <laughs> and my father was uh, quite protective, uh, protective, but he then got in my head. He, he said, you, you are so annoying and you can't help it. It's your brain. It's it's too inquisitive. So I I will not allow you to, to do house chores because I want to force you to have so much time to yourself until you understand why your brain is like that. And I didn't like how it implied back then because if you're not this child in a village that is quite useful and valuable within, you know, chores and doing work with your hands yeah you feel uh like you you're not good enough in one way or the other but my dad kept on saying that's exactly who you are and that's exactly what I want you to be um annoying but there is a reason for that and I won't tell you the answer you need to go find it yourself and that's what landed me in the space that I am. Yeah. Um, I get to question why I work in research and innovation. It's yeah. I, I was I belonged in the knowledge economy. Yeah. So everything that is new, that is tech driven, that advances the way we do life. Um, yeah. I I gravitate towards it, and naturally, so I warm up to new ideas and new ways of life every time, and. It it just makes life so 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 you know adaptable for me. They I I don't come across anything new as something that um you know um threatens one's territory or threatens my culture or identity as a person. I just make space for for that new phenomenon and somehow it blends in quite perfectly and to revert back to why I met you uh, when I met you I felt that I was keen to share my story of just venturing into this big world and you know you'll see as you go uh, there's nothing to be fearful of and there is a place for us um, young inquisitive black women in this big world Uh, all we need to do is just to bring our best so this is one of the things that I warmed up to you with regards to, you know, charting some uncharted paths for other people in IT. And I said, yeah, we, we've been doing this individually, fragmented, privately, and for, for people to want to have a voice in this space, I, I do respect that about you. But I also felt that, um, you know, the more the merrier. But that's me in a nutshell, without having to talk about the education background and everything. You know, I I was in ICT and innovation and convergence of industries made ICT, you know, relatable and applicable in any other sector. So now my role is, is more or less sector agnostic. It's about commercializing technologies and uh, making business opportunities out of those technologies. But... Thank you so much for having me, Kilani. Uh, yeah, so we actually are going to go through the the education and also the tech and everything. Uh, but before we actually get to that, I want to be in a position where I still dwell a little bit and give like some sort of homage to your dad. Um, yeah. anyway, uh, because 
I think you mentioned very candidly um, how he actually has influenced you to to just be in the spaces that you find yourself in. It could be that he actually asked you to set within um, yourself and find it and everything. So do you think he actually pushed you to the field that you you now find yourself in was it like was it something that he told you or did with the searching within yourself did you were like were you like okay I have searched and now I found it and it is technology how did how did that come about like for you okay um since we are being visual I'll be able to just show you uh, you don't have to read. I'm going to read it for you. Yeah. But the opening of each and every channel of mine. So I'm going to yeah. have to rewrite to a new one. Yeah. Yeah. So it reads that a great part of maturity blooms through self-awareness. Yeah. Personally, this phase is the most exciting part of my uh, aging process. Now that I fully understand why my father, name is Andris Kakati Mashiho, always yeah. told me these words in a very affirming tone. Yeah. Malese, do not bother with house chores and errands. Mm. Just make sure you learn. Yeah. You learn how to cook and feed yourself first. Mm. Because I never want you to be at the mercy of others with a hungry stomach. It gets very dangerous. Look at how tiny your hands and physique are. And look at how loud your mouth is. Mm. The talents are elsewhere. Maholo, this is the baby for my grandmother. Malese is his, mother's, is his father's mother. You will never be Musadisad, as unpleasant mm. as that sounds. Yeah. But Papa, why? As I naturally interjected, because I am not happy with what I was hearing. <laughs> and he said, you ask too many questions. And it's thoroughly exhausting. But he was laughing as he said that. So it didn't break my spirit. And I even wrote here that I still remember the tiny gap on his front teeth with such delight. And this is my reflection of that conversation with my dad that Papa, you have prepared me to skip a lot of bias in this world. I'm fully aware of my talents. Mm. And I remain your beautiful factory ball daughter that is dynamic enough to take on any uncharted territory without fear. Yeah. That is more or less the core of how I navigate life because I, I I consider that I I was privileged enough to have an affirming tone yeah. that didn't have all the answers that was not even exposed to the big world that we live in mm. but he just knew what he had brought in in me or maybe he just knew the type of species I was yeah he was older enough old enough to be able to explain it to me without using any fancy words, but um, it, 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 it directly affirms my attitude towards life and things. Um, I, I don't really have much space to dwell on things. Mm-hmm. I, I move with the tides, but at the back of my mind, I move with um, full conviction of my growth. It's always about me venturing yeah. and protecting and prioritizing my growth in everything that I do. Yeah. But yeah, 
Like yeah. that's that's the father side of things. But my mom taught me hard work because she was the main provider in the family. So I yeah. resonate with not having to sit and complain about things if I can just get up and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um it's 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 very inspirational actually. Um like now I wish I met your your dad because like but somehow I think um it sounds like you carry a lot of his values and and all is not lost because like we get to experience you. It's so beautiful and also like how you actually just like document everything and and journaling is this like we love technology we love everything but I find the whole idea of of journaling so beautiful so yeah and just moving forward so so what makes you decide now that you are going to study um and enroll in the field of IT did you enroll at all interesting <laughs> I like sharing the story yeah. so my sister um, she's four years my senior uh, mm. she had to repeat metric uh, to improve her marks but we could not be in the same school so she did it in a different province than I I was in Limpopo she then repeated her, her grades in Gauteng and then we landed on the same uh, Bazari scheme that was um, sponsored by these high industrial uh, organizations uh, in South Africa. Like, you know, your, your mining magnet uh, 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 and, you know, your your engineering companies. I just don't want to mention their names, uh, yeah. per se, not that yeah. confidential. And at selection process, they realized that all the documentations uh, point to one family. So, because we submitted the same paperwork for mother and father and everything, and um, they said um, we couldn't benefit from the same program, given that there was a waiting list for other uh, 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 students as well. So, myself being the younger sibling in the pack, I had to take a knock. So, from mm-hmm. Wurz University, then I I went to vet technicon then which is currently university of johannesburg and then i applied uh for for to study there and that's how i i, I got into ict but uh that other program was majoring in engineering um studies because they, they were going to then find employment in those respective uh consortium after completing their studies but it's it's always yeah. you know um I, I don't know if we should call it fate or something yeah. but with with much luck and blessings you are placed where you belong I truly yeah 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 I consider everyone who who actually has experienced you to be like you because somehow we we you found yourself wherever you found yourself and now we here and um so 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 you study and then in your studies. Then you you move to Talcom as your first role. How does that come about, and how does it look like? Because like I'm looking at the time when you start with Talcom, and um, I believe it's like one of those big companies at the time. And I mean, not not to say that they are not right now, but like this competition and everything. Well, it's another interesting story. I feel my life has always been drama, but the good time. <laughs> So I, I actually was employed at Konica Minolta as a software engineer. 
but I was uh, funded by Telcom Basari. Uh, hmm. When I liked that job, I still had obligations to go and work for Telcom as part of the CPs of the, the, the contract that I had signed. So I had to leave that uh, internship. It was at the time when the, I think it's the, the second administration of our democratic uh, 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 elections, um, when they were now running empowerment programs, prioritizing, you know, uh, African disadvantaged background and placing them in industry. So I actually started working while I was still a student at University of Johannesburg. My last year was split between work and um, mm. catching on my 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 coursework. Yeah. So does that does that experience in Telcom then inform your moving from Telcom to now? being in like SAP technology in general because you've touched a little bit of like just the the technology there in Telcom? Not necessarily. My move was a risk at Telcom that I still took advantage of. Mm-hmm. However, um it was a lonesome journey. I did my 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 uh bachelor's degree um and now when I started my, my I just couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. It, some people are just like yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed learning and while I was growing in industry but with masters I realized it was a different game plan it mm. required a different type of thinking and you have to be in a community so that you don't feel so lonely because you really don't understand what you're doing and you need critique from peers and you also need somebody to teach you how to navigate what you're doing mm. so that is the reason why I I let go of my industrial job. I yeah. resigned and I got uh, in a scholarship mm. to advance my, you know, interests and to also advance my knowledge within the research and innovation space. Mm. But that scholarship, that is when I, I could say that the the me that you know uh, really got launched um, through that scholarship it was just day one of of the person that you know now uh, yeah. might I consider my day one from when I started that um, scholarship as a master's research associate yeah yeah so it was it was at SAP which is a private software um, yeah. a global software company that you yeah. you quite know the German one but obviously it's got offices and and innovation labs throughout the whole world and we had one in Pretoria in partnership with the South African government. So how does your journey look being in the in, at the innovation hub and um also working for SAP? Like how how does your career look like in terms of your daily work to actually just progression and 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 so this is the interesting part of my journey. Hmm. Um when you are in R and D for private interests you you learn how to create next generation products Mm. from intellectual property in terms of it is a discovery but it can be a discovery for the sake of discovery yeah because now it's accepted seen by private it is a discovery for capital gains Mm. so i come from that world where new opportunities are are born out of you know market needs people's problems and whatever gaps you find yeah and that's where innovation is mm-hmm. and then 
you either are coming up with things that improve efficiency or they're disrupting a market. But nevertheless, it's something that has to advance the status quo from where you are to the next. And yeah. you're becoming, maintaining your competitive edge. Yeah. So having at SAP, I was at SAP. And then I ran um, even programs that were in ICT that would mm -hmm. drive job creation, but providing technical skills to other young graduates that mm -hmm. um, um, lacked throughout the different uh, countries in the African continent. Mm -hmm. And culminated in a journey where I had to now find my way back home. So yeah. I joined the technology innovation agency um in 2018 and now i have to be part of the custodians of of of, of innovations within this country but doing it from a public sector interest on behalf of the state so everything that i have learned out there from you know doing all of these products and services and cutting edge discoveries for economic gains uh now i had to learn how to manage investments on behalf of the state to support other innovators for the same month but using different processes of course so i i then now learned back the engineering side of you know a life cycle what of what innovation you know goes through before it becomes something that we touch as a product out there public servant cap currently yeah. I have been for the past uh, four years and it has mm. been exciting because in, in all of this the one common thing that is happening throughout my life is working with new technology every day and yeah. having the responsibility of making sure that those technology innovations that I come across I'm able to you know, I, I immerse myself in them. I'm able to even lead and guide them. And I'm able to even critique and also check uh, if they won't be, you know, surpassed by the market. Because when it comes to the investment side of things, you need to invest in something that is bankable. And that has, uh, you're trying along the line, the, the way to make sure that it's failure proof or at least doesn't just fail outright. And new technologies day in day out has always been my bread and butter for the yeah. past 10 years yeah yeah it's 20, 2011 when i when i joined um sap to currently now um undertaking this role as a technology commercialization um business development manager yeah on behalf of the state of um, south africa yeah yeah So like in your in your opinion, because you get to see it firsthand, um, do you think we are as like Africans and before I actually talk about South Africans, but as Africans, are we are we at that state of actually innovating and like coming up with new solutions? What has been your experience? Oh, absolutely. Um Shulani, Africa has immense, 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 vast I don't even know what other word to use. Yeah. Uh, knowledge capital. Yeah. The gap, or rather the bottleneck, was around. We we have so much pool of scientists, pool of researchers, 
and pool of investments that had been done for over the past 20 years when money was invested in creation of new knowledge. Mm. However, we took too long to realize mm. that those new knowledges that we're coming up with should not just end up in publications. They yeah. should end up where the money is. Yeah, yeah. So the bottleneck was rather on Africans commercializing mm. their knowledge mm. rather than the knowledge itself. The yeah. resources and expertise in any sector in general mm. Mm. in Africa is, um, it, it, it's, um, you know, it's not even on par. Yeah. It's above, it's above whatever expectations one would have. If you would pull out a report on brain drain of this continent, you will see why so many Africans find opportunities abroad. Because yeah. they are relevant when it comes to their skill set. They are that skill. They are knowledgeable and they have potential to even do more. Yeah. The challenge was that us, we didn't create a fertile ground for the translation of that knowledge that we have that is shelved in all of these institutions that we work for as researchers, as medical doctors, as 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 you know scientists and 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 all these um technologists that we yeah. could call ourselves or rather even engineers as well it was on the commercialization side when i yeah. say commercialization is around yeah. creating a vehicle that is mm. going to receive the money that other people will pay for that particular yeah. um, product and service that you came up with so the commercialization was a bottleneck per se. But yeah. if we have to now say, in general, where are we and where are we going? We are ramping up fast. There's a lot of now startup companies in the continent that are attracting so much foreign investment because um, they are bankable uh, startups that have a high potential of making a lot of money because with this big continent comes big opportunities and big problems to solve. Yeah, and we are not as saturated as other markets. Um, I don't want to get political, but in terms of even size and other things, yeah. there is still a lot to do on the ground in Africa, and um, we just need to have when it comes to the South African leg of it. I would then say, uh, but I think it's still general, even from an African platform. We just need to have a more dedicated approach in creating new industries and driving it ourselves and consuming those products locally first so that they can have some momentum and have some early revenue that can help them to start exporting those same services outside the, the, the you know our respective countries. Yeah. Yeah. In your in your in your opinion, this is actually very interesting. And I think it's very comforting to know that the ground is very fat for for people who might be interested in trying to innovate. Uh in your opinion, what has been some of the limiting and struggles that you see with people who are actually trying to trying to innovate and commercialize? Um, and I'm asking this because I think you are in the forefront of that and you probably see it on a daily basis. Yeah, I'll try and maybe mention five high-level uh, hurdles. Um, one would be for any brilliant innovator and uh, 
there's, there's, uh, we, we flout between innovator, entrepreneur, but if we have to stick to an innovator as in somebody, an inventor, someone that came up with something yeah. that is worthy to be uh, consumed by the rest of the world, um, you'd find that the first challenge is an innovator not knowing where to go to mm. even take this outside their chest. Um, from that idea to where to go to to do something about that idea the the ecosystem is still quite privileged you you see familiar faces and you see less new entrants mm. in the innovation ecosystem and you find that um there is some limited visibility on other people especially marginalized people and we know that brilliance is uh, you know um is not linked to any geographical location. We have smart people everywhere, and mm -hmm. we have people that are able to identify opportunities and problems that um they encounter. They can actually create um innovations from those problems to solve those problems. Yeah. So you find that maybe the funding side of things is not so accessible, or they are not even ready for funding because uh, they're not aware of how to prepare themselves to engage with funders. Mm. You find that some people have um, limited skills that uh, doesn't work in their advantage because now they are not able to unpack in, mm. in technical detail and, and, and quite comprehensively what is it that they want to do and how they want to achieve it. Yeah. And you find some innovations... Um, being um maybe in my world being too much of a replica of other people's um innovations and they are not permitted to implement those because of um freedom of operation. This comes from intellectual property rights, where if yeah. somebody has patented uh something and they have blocked that space for twenty years and you can't infringe what they have done, when there is all kinds of permissions that has to happen and you might land in trouble or it will just fail if there's another big player in this space doing the very same thing and it feels, and we don't actually consider it quite innovative if it's just a replica of somebody else's innovation. Uh, there's no unique properties that are going to help you survive the markets. And another challenge, which would be hopefully the fourth one from what I've been mentioning, I was just not you know, putting numbers to it. Yeah is uh government um mm. government processes and protocol and uh this big word called red tape mm. um it still is it's 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 not um it's not palatable enough to rather inspire people to keep coming um, um there's still too many um, um maybe let's say it's cumbersome people to survive those processes before they can even get funded and there is room for improvement on there or you find that in a worst case scenario somebody is coming uh, ha having come up with a game-changing innovation only to find that the laws in the country um, have adverse effects to what they want to do in terms of deploying it you find that the le legislation says yeah. otherwise it's not yet ready for you and yeah. you you're failing because of factors that are not within your control. Yeah. And uh, I I want to end with 
with with education, Fulani, uh, as as one of our biggest um, challenges. I I often put it up on my you know uh, is it stories or WhatsApp stories or status, and stories. it's around yeah um our we still need to do more when it comes to overhauling our historic uh, legacies. Um, when I say historic legacies, I'm talking about the shortcomings of the educations that our parents received and the education that we received. Um, I think we made it because we had a hunger for success yeah. rather than the actual in, uh, education that we received from, 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 from the public. Um, now, given that um, we should be far ahead in spearheading, you know, science, engineering, technology, and innovation-led type of education, um, when I gauge what's on the ground and the comfort that our kids have in not pushing themselves enough when the world demands so much of them. And you cannot produce highly competitive individuals um, with, um, you know, not so quality uh, education. There's big room to improve there because we need to we need to revitalize more into having you know these high tech programming science related tech related um the underlying you 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 are a programmer you know what I'm talking about yeah. the underlying that what you produce on the user end side of things takes the critical thinking and the technical expertise that you have that you do behind the scenes is the same logic when it comes to education. For someone to think in a certain way and have interest in certain type of things that move the world, they have to be taught from a very, very grassroots level how to think and how to how to have an inquisitive approach to things and how to want to understand what is behind the scenes. So the greatest concern from my perspective would be yeah. um, a consumer would want the convenience of what is provided to them because they can pay for it. But nevertheless, they would not be hung up on the science of how that thing came about. Mm. However, a service, a product, and a technology, and a manufacturer, anything, took some level of engineering and systems engineering or whatever type of engineering. I'm really trying to, to, to talk, you know, without being pedantic around exactly what um, um, technicalities that I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's the behind the scenes science and knowledge and expertise that a person brings. You actually mentioned um, like a bit about the the government and and how they can actually play a role. But I actually want us to really expand a little bit from that. Um, like, what do you think uh, the public sector and like also the the private sector can actually play a role in actually trying to push the people who are trying to innovate and also just also not stay hungry while they're innovating. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's a very good question. Thank you for that. Um, it helps me and it helps my job stay yeah. relevant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I am a public servant. So yeah. I do acknowledge that um, the government is playing a crucial role. In our world, 
when somebody comes up with innovation and it's still too intangible for a big investor to find interest in, and it still needs to be de-risked from everything that could make it fail, and it still needs to be validated that this thing is real. There's not a lot of people, um, let's say, uh, funders that play in that space because the source of their funds comes with mandates. And we we are positioned to fund early tech high-risk yeah. innovators. And that is the government's intervention to that black hole where you as an innovator would have something that may not see light of day because you were not supported and you, and you didn't find enough um, um, fertile ground to, you know, um, 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 work on your innovation and improve on it and validate it and make sure that you can find customers for it and create an actual pro product. So there is a life cycle to that. And the early stage side of things is around some, you have a research output. Yes, it's a breakthrough, it's a discovery, but it's still um, applied research. Yeah. So figure it out. Then what? But it's too early for it to be a product, isn't it? The product is the very end life, uh, 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 you know, process of that life cycle. It still needs to be a prototype at that very nascent space. Who's going to fund that prototype? Mm -hmm. After being a prototype, it still needs to be a technology. Who's going to fund that technology? After it's a technology, we need to start testing it and validating and moving around and meeting people and getting more expertise that improves that underlying technology into something competitive who is going to fund that as well so we are in that space until such a time when these technology and you as the inventor you are matured enough to start engaging with people that are called angel investors and, and venture capitalists People that are now looking at helping, you know, startup companies scale. We don't provide, you know, scaling capability because we have gotten you where you need to go so you can fly. But yeah. along the juncture, such my role and other people that are employed where I work, which is a technology innovation agency, would be around bringing more interventions that are making sure that those innovations see the light of day helping people get market access, helping people secure partnerships with um, public and private sector, and also providing them with opportunities that enables them to go to international uh, spaces where they can have soft lending opportunities or partner with other like-minded people for the, to find new markets abroad. So I'd like to touch on the private sector. Private sector, I like it for one thing. They are all about making money to advance industry. Yeah. And when it comes to economics, um, we need to seek partnerships that uh, provide a win-win. And what I always teach uh, the in inventors or innovators that I work with directly is, is to always package themselves in a way that they can present to the private sector players, what they bring to the table. Because if you are not able to show somebody that has money and has interest to do things with other people, what you bring to the table, it's, it's a value proposition world when it comes to, 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 to private sector and how they take interest in, in, in things. 
us as government um, entity uh, players, we are able to secure such partnerships so that it's for the benefit of the common person that we are supporting, which is the innovator. However, from the innovator perspective, as soon as they have access to private sector um, um, individuals and corporations, they should be able to know what they're going to get out of those um, 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 corporations. It's not always just money, Ashulani. There's programs that improve the lifespan and of a particular technology, or even to a point where it can even be integrated into an offering with a big player while you're a small player, you are bypassing any other market headache because yeah. you're banking people that have more muscle to get you far because you brought something that is so unique that they didn't even think about doing, but it fits in within their value chain of what they want to do and they can yeah. take along with. So these are the type of partnerships that I pursue on a day-to-day -day basis as part of my role but um, I think the scale of it the more partnerships we have of that sort the more it can benefit the innovators because when it comes to innovators and the, the work that they're doing tech I'm talking technology innovators because we, we we support technology innovations yeah we create tech startups out of that and um, we would like to see them grow into SMMEs However, at, at the juncture where we interact mostly with them until they grow, they are at the startup phase. So when it comes to those guys, um, that journey and wrestling the dynamics of that journey and the market and the many no's alone is brutal. And whatever interventions that both the government and private sector can agree away from these people uh, and seal it in a, in a in a partnership contract, the better it is for those people that are going to benefit from that partnership because you then now even have more muscle to empower people on a cohort basis rather than, you know, one trip, uh, 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 one trans transaction uh, after the other. And, and it also saves time and it covers a lot of ground. So... Yeah. Private sector, you have many, many um, companies that have both a CSR mm. a component, enterprise development component, and ESD, which is enterprise supplier development. They run those, and uh, because there's also tax benefits to it, um, the, um, the government incentivizes them to do so, but mm. also they do it to advance their interests so that if there's other competitors that are working, within the same industry as them, they can actually convert them into collaborators because they are competing on a product that is newer than what they had offered. And since they are small players, they they can they can they can they can actually become a collaborator and then they can venture into the market together. So yeah. those are complexities of the type of job I do day to day. Yeah. But when we secure those we create companies for South Africa. And I'm very proud of that. It's I have full conviction of what the state is doing. Mm. And I, I wish we did it in a much bigger scale than what we do. Yeah. But yeah, if you go to each and every department that has an economic cluster to it um, within the country, you will find that 
innovation is at the forefront of, of, of their strategy now. And, and we all know why. I don't want to preach. We all know why. Yeah. We're living in a world where technologies and, 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 and how they disrupt and you know, transform old, uh, let's say, legacy industries, everything now. If you look, you are in the tech world. Mm. If you, uh, you, you, you worked on digital transformation strategies half of your life. And yeah. if you look at how the world operates, at the center of it is we are becoming a tech-driven a world. Yeah. And, and, and that entails uh, creation of new products and services that improves how people do life, how governments govern their citizens, and how corporates make more money. Yeah. And throughout that, um, um, there has to be people that are have um, 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 the muscle, which would be funds, but also the energy for this type of, of, of terrain. I'm glad you are in that same <laughs> ecosystem <laughs> as I am. Yeah. Um, as hectic as it is, but this is how the world moves now and, and we have to go with the tides. Yeah, yeah. To be very honest with you, this conversation gives me so much hope because like um it is comforting to know that we are in a position of um creating and also not being in a very much a consumer mindset, but um this production that is happening from a South African point of view. And I I wonder, so if there's people who are listening right now and they actually want to be in a position where they are they want to move from like the consumer mindset and want to create whatever it is that they have kept in their mind and their shelves um and they think it's not worth showing to the world or taking out there what is that one if there's a blueprint that they have to follow um expanding from everything that we've spoken about and they have mm-hmm. to like follow a specific blueprint or, or toolkit or, or 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 whatever what is that blueprint looking like um at the very get go uh the blueprint uh looks like the place where you and I met mm-hmm. we met the innovation hub yeah at uh, Mobile Labs, um, I, I forgot the name in full, but it, we call it M Lab. Yeah, the sister and cousins of M Labs in these countries, which are incubators mm. and accelerators, they are the best place for one to be able to go and find peers that are having the same um, um exposure and and having whatever guidance they require to start thinking along the lines of ideation. Yeah. Many corporations and organizations run such programs, but you find that it's highly competitive and it's on a cohort basis before you can be accepted somewhere to be able to learn how to make anything out of your idea. I think a lot of people are not ex- too exposed to self-learning, but um my comment is rather subjective. So if one has to do self-learning, one has to learn as fast as possible, you know, methodologies like lean startup and design thinking. Yeah. Be able to think around the human element of what you're doing, especially if you're a highly technical person. You need to find a way where you can get out of your skin and relate to the persons that you want 
at the end side of things who are going to consume what you're coming up with. And if you are not able to do that, you are playing a one-man show where you are doing blue sky um, technology or blue sky research because yeah. there's no resonance to the application domain of where you want to take what you want to take. And that is very important because even when you learn such methodologies online, I mean, the toolkits are plenty. YouTube is an online university on its own. Yeah. And it helps you to start thinking of this idea as just the start. Then it asks you all kinds of questions that when you answer yourself in a written form, you even learn how to do mind mapping. You even learn how to do blueprint printing you even learn how to do customer stories you even learn how to to do stuff like product market fit because it's the only thing that is teaching you is teaching you how to translate what you have versus what the world looks like for that thing that you have yeah and it becomes very it becomes a very very personal journey it's so intense and internal that no one can even write it down. But somebody that undertakes that exposure has a high likelihood of success rather than anybody that is just going with you know, luck and I know what I'm doing and I'll be lucky and people will like me when I show them this and then I will get funding and then I will get customers you realize that it's a whole ball game. It's a different ball game where you need much more skills and other things. And like I said, I think I'll just reiterate, there are interventions along the way where innovation skills development is done in a form of either enterprise development or maybe just pure skills development in upskilling the actual innovators. But these entities are spread all over the place, including our entity, we do have programs for that. But uh, I, I think just to answer where do one start, one has to start right there at the core of the idea and do what is called ideation. I think anybody can just use Google to understand what the concept of ideation means. That spending a thorough time and effort into your idea and unpacking that concept to a point where you are able to, you know, you become an architect of your own idea and seeing how it looks like so that if you were to give it to somebody that is not you, say, yeah. I came up with a concept and I put it on a blueprint and I figured it out how I wanted to do and what if I wanted to do, how, how so and whatnot. You as the technical expert, can walk away with that type of documentation and actually create for me a system that looks like that. Then they don't have to be you. They can just pay for your services. But if you don't receive the right specifications of what has to happen, and in those specifications, there's always the magic of the yeah. innovation that makes it competitive. If that person was not able to express it, how are you going to, to, make, to bring it to life for them? So these are just some of the complexities that are happening in the technological innovation world. And along the lines, when we are advancing towards creating these companies, we start checking their skills um, from a business perspective. Do they have the acumen and the expertise to be able to sell products? Because yeah. when innovation hits the market, it's no longer just a tech innovation. It's no longer a scientific discovery. 
it's a product. People that buy, they buy something that is useful and valuable to them. No one is going to spend a penny for the sake of spending a penny. So that product has to have product market fit. Mm. And takes a different type of person, a different type of acumen and energy and skin in the game to be able to convince your intended market that this is worth buying. And so along the lines, you see that there's different type of skill set that is acquired as one um, um, place in the technology space. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just the underlying reasons why in industry we have so many people that can work for one company but doing many different things. And you still need to go and find people that can sell what you came up with. And yeah doesn't have to be you if you're a highly scientific person you you are welcome to stay away from selling but make sure that you produce something that is sellable and valuable so that other people can help you to go and get the money from the market yeah and sell it mm. yeah this is very much um like you spoke a mouthful and i i hope that whoever's listening um and is trying to actually just like um, I don't normally do this but I think it is worth mentioning um how, where do people go if they actually have to reach out to like your your um TIA for example and the innovation hub uh what are the steps that they have to follow um for for the technology innovation agency um uh, i think the first place would be the website just so they can acquaint themselves with what the agency does although yeah. i recited it's just laying there in my brain day in day out yeah. so we are an agency of the state mandated under an act of parliament so um we are not necessarily a state a, 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 you know an entity that you can just press delete and it disappears. Yeah. Um, act around the establishment of this um, um agency. Yeah. And the agency was created to bridge what is called an innovation chasm in the country. Yeah. Creation of knowledge, that knowledge not finding um life into the marketplace as products. There's a black hole where things die. So there's a yeah. that can bridge that. And that something was a culmination of different entities that were prioritizing research and prioritizing development and supporting other interventions. And it culminated into the TIA. Mm. And in, in, in a one liner, we, we support the development and translation or rather exploitation yeah. of technological innovations for socioeconomic gains of the country and for for social good we need to improve the quality of uh, you know life of south africans through mm. those innovations so that means it's not just chasing the money but we also need to make sure that we support innovations that are transforming people's lives south africans lives improving them and um they will find home in 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 our books so it's the website and um, other than that it's um obviously there will be contact information from the website and for those that are more advanced when i say advanced i'm talking about more knowledgeable they would already know which sector they are innovating in and 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 who to so when you then approach the the agency you'd already be asking for a meeting with the you know the sector lead of yeah. that 
particular um, um, innovation for you to be able to come and present and then see if they're interested in your idea. Because with when you work with limited resources and funds, you have um, you know, highly competitive processes that needs to furnish that that particular innovation is bankable. It's worth investing into. And the the key drivers would be around the fact that, that does it cover, you know, the, the the strategic imperatives of where the country wants to go and how it wants to take care of its citizens. Yeah. And to make money. And the other entities, of course, or, or, or most of them, it's um, actually thinking at the back of my mind, you know, the blind young uh, innovator that has not been exposed. Yeah. One would typically check, um, um, just look for accelerators, you know, startup accelerators in South Africa or check startup incubators in South Africa, you know innovation uh, uh, uh um acceleration um, um um entities in south africa yeah and the likes of your there's many there's there's you know the the likes of Kong, the likes of innovation hub m lab and you have uh sab the south african breweries foundation there's many of those as soon as you are exposed to one of the like-minded and i still um am of the notion that um, this is the services that uh, that group of youngsters of ours called Geek Cultures yeah. need to be promoting to their peers because I think they need to be promoting such information on their website. It may yeah. seem like generic information, mm. but for people that can relate to them and meet them at their hackathons, they mm. would be in you know of the ecosystem because yeah. all this is just being able to navigate to find first and then navigate the South African innovation ecosystem. Once mm -hmm. you're there, you are actually exposed to the African ecosystem because yeah. that's where you discover people like um, entities like Africa Arena, which is a very big platform for startups and where they pitch to investors. And this is where most of us are found when there is um, summits that are, are, are happening. And I... Uh, uh, I don't want to list exhaustive names because there's all kinds of sectors. If you yeah. are in the biosciences, there's all these places. You look, you you look for basic things, science councils in South Africa. But for anybody that is looking for any basic information, they mm -hmm. have to look at information that resonates with what they're trying to do and in which sector are they trying to do that thing. Yeah. Then start looking related entities, funding agencies, accelerators, incubators, and other innovation challenges that are posted almost on daily basis around that particular industries, create alerts from that, and then yeah. start following the food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is... And engage, engage, engage. Find your peers, engage, meet people, reach out to people on LinkedIn. I love successful people for one thing. Yeah. They are ready to pay it forward. Yeah. You will never find a no from somebody that is successful and have time to help you. And that is what the youngsters need to start chasing after. Yeah. We are not talking mentorship, but people that do not have a worry of money uh, in the least bit or competition, people that mm. are successful, they are able to say, 
I've worked the journey. I can't impart the knowledge uh, on you, you know, through a USB or a wireless transfer on a Bluetooth. Yeah. But I'll be able to just point you where you need to go and I'll endorse you in that space so that they receive you well. They do that so well. And, and, and I just want to take a moment to appreciate those people. Yeah. From the breath of this world, all those people that have that in them, I, I just say bless you and continue to do that because these are the people that spark the fire in other yeah. countries. This is so true. Like, uh, we really appreciate everybody who actually takes their time. They don't have to, but they do it. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually want to, want to bring the conversation back to, to, to like very closely to you. But before I do that, I, I actually, um, I'm wondering if you have that one innovation that has come out during the, your tenure that you like, hey, listen, this was my favorite. Are you allowed to even like point out such things at all? If you, if you are allowed, I would actually be interested. What has been your favorite so far? Oh, it's a very hard question. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've, I've been in industry for, for 19 years. Yeah. And that 19, um, I've been in in the innovation space from 2011. So it makes it, let's just cap, cap it at um, 12 years, if not 10. Um, I'm not embarrassing my math. I'm just being democratic around <laughs> the timelines. <laughs> Everyone will understand. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. You and stop I, counting at some point, I think. <laughs> I think maybe let me just try and get technical so your friends doesn't think that I'm not a technical person. <laughs> yeah. I've learned mobility in 2010 when we we were not even talking about apps. Yeah. In the country. Hmm. I was doing research on mobility. My master's research was around creating an ERP system. Yeah. That is weight and frugal enough to be deployed anywhere on any device that would have you know your basic android um, operating system mm. I, I i loved testing that i loved um worrying about picture quality i loved having to read i had to read a book on ux yeah <laughs> i needed to prove that the things that are showing on a big desktop and laptop that people are, I have this marketplace idea in mind. Yeah. Now, when I have to incorporate it into a mobile phone, we didn't have iPhone 14 then. We didn't have all the Samsung S whatever. We still had yes. those. We had Motorola and Alcatels and Nokia. Yeah. UX was one of the hardest things to, to mm. consider in 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 doing um such a platform. I I then had to gravitate to service orchestration, the things that you do behind the scenes, how how um you know with the APIs, how you would trigger a service uh either from a push or a pull. And where would it land? In which container it would land? And and these things are so they're so highly technical, and and it's just something that looks like they're in your head because no one can touch these things. Yeah, it's 
it's intangible, but you know you're creating a system. And consider me in the world of SAP, where now there's just products all over the place, but the innovation is around the services that are in the middleware, the in-computing services that are so hidden in proprietary settings that no one would really know unless if they are hired as an SAP engineer. Yeah. And for me, report products and innovation, such things was, was thoroughly exciting. Yeah. And then coming up to us creating new products and sending it to, you know, engaging to people that are in Silicon Valley and like, oh, there's actually money to be made out of these things. There's people that are sitting somewhere just making money out of new things. What is that called? Yeah. And sending that world and and culminating to this where I'm a public servant and my day to day is someone knocking on my door with something new. And, and I think, let me just say, there is not really a favorite favorite. Yeah. But the, when I felt at home and I felt challenged was when I was leading um. A, a, a project in the satellite industry. Yeah. And I discovered my love for aeronautics technology. And it takes a lot of physics that I did not major in per se beyond, you know, high school. Yeah. And I mean, I went into IT, but not necessarily from that, I mean, or electrical engineering, or I'm not an RF engineer of any sort, but the way I understood the technicals and the frequency bands of what a satellite entails and the different versions of the satellite and the components that go into making a part of the satellite. And yeah. while you're looking at the physical um, 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 description of this and putting it together, now we have to pause and go into the actual services that go into the satellite. And yeah. learning that, that takes the programming side of things and and being able to learn, you know, the software-defined radios. And this is more or less how you tell the satellite what to do when it's in orbit. Mm. I just loved it. And and I, I still feel that it can create such a big industry when you look at how it developed economies have a massive you know, um, space um, investments and the space sector is, is so massive. You know, Elon Musk is, is South African, but he's not really ours anymore. He he yeah. runs the show <laughs> yeah. in the development. And we have the capability for it. And I really wish we had the money to do things at a big scale because, believe you me, each and every sector that is in the country mm. can benefit from the satellite industry in terms of all the data that you collect around this planet that we live in. Yeah. It, it changes every need of every industry. I agree, you would still need satellite data. In, yeah. in I don't want to get technical, but there, there, there's as observation, there's all this packaging that is done. Um, you know, the geo applications that can come out of that and mining. You, you want to check fire, weather, forecasting, maritime. You even want to check what's happening in our seas and behaviors and all these things and tracking ships. So it's just one of those versatile technologies that I like just for the application domain that it can 
it can really transform in every other sector because of the eagle's eye. It looks at the earth from so far away, outside the earth, yeah. and then gives insight about where and who you are. And guys like you and me are immersed in the industry because it takes people to program what those eagle's eyes needs to collect for yeah. us, by us. And to me, I'm even smiling as I'm saying this because I really don't have a favorite favorite, but approximate <laughs> favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would be would be in that space. But I I I would like to drop a political favorite. Yeah. It hasn't come yet, but I think um we need to produce more in the country. We need to manufacture more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with that. Yes, the more we manufacture, the more we can consume things that are approximate and context appropriate to us as yeah. Africa. Yeah, yeah. You us. you have a very good point because I'm always really worried about the whole idea of it adopting ideas that come from the trendy I don't know if it's still trendy anymore but like the trendy Silicon Valley and everybody's just like where are we actually have to copy from what they do and then and then people try to emulate that and it's like hey Mm. we actually are not Silicon Valley and then like Silicon Valley issues and everything that they try to to address is very geography specific and then we are not that and I think I I'm more than anything I'm like I'm I'm really passionate about the idea of having to to move away from that mm-hmm. and just be yes, in a position we where we have homegrown dynamics that need yeah. to consideration yeah. product service and, and healthcare intervention that is provided for us yeah that is that is I mean we have actually I think at this point spoken about a lot about the, your your current work and everything and I want to really bring it back to like very close to you and um you actually I think have played a, a lot of like uh, leadership roles and I believe that it takes a certain level of greed to be in that level where you actually uh played those roles um i am wondering what what does it take to thrive in leadership roles i don't want to actually say considering that you're a woman but (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately the reality is that you actually find yourself with a lot of like different um biases that comes with being in leadership roles as women so like how does it look like for you and what does it take to thrive in those kind of spaces um uh i i i think from 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 my end i'm I'm trying to see how i can frame it but um in anything that i do i i like to break the the nuances or maybe assumptions that i was catapulted or maybe giraffed to such a position I always make sure that my expertise in that space speaks yeah. for me so that I don't speak from a head in the sand perspective. I am afraid of embarrassing myself first before the people I represent. Yeah. So I'm also a woman enough to acknowledge that I 
don't have to know everything. Sometimes yeah. you stick in a smile and say, um, I don't know that, but I mm -hmm. promise you will know it very soon. Gives me comfort and room to grow and learn yeah. very fast. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have an ego that feels like it needs to be protected and I have to play a role. Yeah. I have, I'm still a learned in, individual, which I respect from coming from a research space is that you always have an inquisitive mind to learn more. So mm. even in industry where I, 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 I should take up space and I do, when I'm not sure of something, I promise someone that I will look into it. And yeah. when I I've already applied my research skill set to make sure that I've torn that phenomenal apart and I've made I've made it my business to know it and yeah. to know it at a level where it is required. And for somebody that works in innovation, that's very important. Yeah. You cannot manage something you don't understand. It just does not work. Yeah. Yeah. For me yeah. to be in a deal, I need to be at the same level as the innovator and sometimes yeah. a bit further ahead to bring them di dynamics that they were not aware of did you mm -hmm. see that but did this 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 how is it different from yours do you have a competitor matrix of mm. this are able to underpin what makes it different is it from a service is it from a product is it from a customer segment what mm. makes you different so um i then become a very versatile person but yeah. in in everything that i do um I'm, I'm not an apologetic person. Mm. If I'm invited in a space, mm. I I take up that that space with 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 warmth. And I've noticed that um it's actually a persona trait rather than something I learned in school. Because the one time I I I started questioning myself a little bit was when I was uh, invited in a proximity of um, high profile um, political space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when when I started questioning myself, I realized that there may be uh, a 40% grade of imposter syndrome visiting yeah. me privately. And I had a conversation with myself and I said, if you sit at a king's table and they invite you to sit at a king's table and they want you to feast with them, do you yeah. have the nerve to get up and say, no, sir, I think I don't belong here. Mm, mm. What do you think made you, brought you to that emperor's table in the first yeah. They yeah. see something in you that you can define and, 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 and illuminate along the way, but there's room to learn more. So I then approached this even even in other um, uh, professional development spaces where, I mean, if you look at my resume now, I'm in um, business development and it's sector agnostic. So that means I can more or less represent all the, the, the investments that are within our agency's ambit. And I will not do it from a place of not understanding what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about or I'm presenting or I'm selling to the rest of the world. Yeah. I'll do it because there was money that was put in there and there was technical and commercial expertise applied for that investment to become um, our deal. And it will not take me as much as it should to be able to show other people why they would buy into that. And, and it's the same thing as educating the state on the complexities of the work that we do. I never do it from a place of feeling like, um, if, if not me, then who? 
if I have yeah. to cap that. So the biases, I'm not responsible to carry other mm. people's opinions of where they think I belong mm. when I to represent my interest of that particular space. I respond to invitations with grace and an open mind to learn and an open mind to meet new people that can either add, you know, improve my personal growth or maybe can help benefit the people that I am a custodian of, which is likely, let's just be saying fairly, the South African citizens because we are a state agency and then we represent innovators on the ground. Yeah. So if I can meet people that can take them places and I can be the facilitator, it's still a win. So I I think there's a, a little bit high dosage of of if not strength, uh bravery. Yeah. But before yeah. I mention those two, I'll mention discipline. Mm. Terribly disciplined. Um sometimes I I make jokes with myself around you. I bet you're too hard on yourself. You, you know, yeah. I, I explain you and say, Yeah, I'm re- I need a husband. <laughs> um, not one does not have a partner but it's just that outlet type of a joke that I need someone to rescue me but I know I, I do not because when I'm in that state where I, I can work all night to close something and I'm maybe writing and I'm in a writer's mode I have to follow that energy and I and I can write the light of, a life out of anything when I'm happy and and I'm disciplined I'm, I'm able to tell people that I'm not available because I'm doing this and it's of top priority. So my time is is managed quite well on that. And I prioritize things that matter to me because you have to realize early on that if you don't drive what you have conviction on about your own life, other people will tell you who you are and they will keep you busy with things that benefit them rather than your growth. So I I don't I don't go with the wind. I don't find myself doing things that I don't understand what do they bring into my entire week or a month or a year. I have to understand how does this benefit my growth and 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 enlighten me to a better space. Um, and if it doesn't make me happy and it doesn't make me grow, I deprioritize it. Yeah. And the strength and bravery part is around... Uh, you have to be a person that trusts in your ability to go to spaces you've never been. Um, we call this uncharted territory. We do things uh, in life in general. There's always new things that come about and they they question who we are and, and how we do things. Yeah. But receptive with a, a, a dose of being uh, brave you are likely to make it out of whatever situation you are in rather than to crumble in it because you've already eliminated fear out of the processes. And and I think I'm not surprised why I I, I gravitated to attract um, similar species in my life. Yeah. <laughs> because of, yeah, um, it's, it's an energy I radiate. Um, and um, the rest of it is just around... Being glad, I'm really grateful that I was brought up as a you know a village girl. Um, yeah. There's some non-negotiable that comes with my background, uh, my upbringing, and it takes a village to raise a child. And you will not be going around swearing at neighbors and uncles because you feel that they are of low value in life. Yeah. You do not do that in our villages. 
everybody that is an elder, you respect them. And mm. you don't know that when you are grown up and you are in this corporate vulture world where one day you are tested to just look at someone and you want to give them a gift of profanity. And that, <laughs> that upbringing comes in and says, <laughs> You don't do that. We do not do this. Yeah, so there are levels where I know I never reach, uh, even as a human being. I, yeah. When you give people due respect, they respect you back yeah. and they value you more. Mm. Yeah, this is very beautiful yeah. to, to, to yeah. actually listen to. Um, and I hope that um, whoever is aspiring to be in that kind of space has like just 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 taken or rather stolen something from you and uh, they're able to run so uh, you don't strike me as someone who actually suffers from from imposter syndrome has there ever been a point in your life where you've doubted the journey or you've doubted whether you belong or you deserve to be in the space that you find yourself in um yeah certainly it was not um in a professional front uh thank god um it was on a personal side um in life you go through things that test um your endurance and they test your survival skills and they test just how much of life do you want to get out of life i don't know how else to put it but there is a certain level of joy that one has to be so sure that they deserve for them to fight for, even when they don't see any trace of that joy. <laughs> and you you just know that, you know what, I know, I know this world is is can give me this good stuff. And just because I'm going through this terrible thing does not mean I don't deserve the good stuff. I have to go through the fire. And I'll come out on the end and enjoy what I want out of that life. This is the way I live my life. I, I go through anything, but I know what I deserve. And I know what the type of life that I, I want to live. And it's 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 a life that is liberated, that has um a choice of peace over anything that um you know uh, affects my mental health. I'm I'm able to just choose comfort and peace over anything that tests me and um when I went through that phase when um, um it was so dark that I had to figure out what is the end point here um before you know thoughts around this is it for you you'll never amount to anything even creep in I was already scientifically asking myself or asking whatever invisible beings that are out there that the end goal of this thing because I'm tired of feeling like this I'm getting bored I'm just getting bored of feeling like this what is the end goal because don't tell me there is no lesson out of <laughs> this feeling this is this is not yeah. what I feel like and this is not what a human should feel we are not here for pain pain is part of the process but I don't ever subscribe to living a life of 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 just pure pain and surviving pain on a daily basis so that dark phase I had to fight it myself by saying that do what you may and finish because I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I came out of that dark phase with the most intel, the most strength, 
and most importantly, the most love. I I I honestly have never been as appreciated as I am as a human being right now than I was before. And and it's because of that dark phase coming out of it and that looking back, you realize that yeah, I would have given into the imposter syndrome, but it would have made me somebody I'm not. And now that I've went through the fire, I'm like a polished gold. And yeah. everybody wants a piece of that shiny object and I'm jealous about it. It's it's mine to savor in and and I have a, a community of people that I consider tribes, people that you yeah. grow, that you grow in the learnings of life, industry practice. You become an expert in something by having access to such people. And you even look back and you have the passion to even help other people. You know, you shouldn't come out of pain with a stain in your heart that says, yeah, they must also feel it. That is not what human beings should be doing. You, you, if you come out of pain and you still have an ability to help other people, you're really healed and you're really stronger for it. And every now and then when confidence takes a dip, it's not something that will last days. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a discomfort of energy around a particular chancha in your life. But honestly, to affirm you, I am not one person that is... Um, derailed by those feelings mm. if they're negative I allow them to be and I wake up I clear my cage I clear my RAM mm. I'm a fresh computer that is ready to tackle what the day brings for me and I'm proud to say that I I learned that from um very beautiful soldiers because they just said you can't carry the whole world with you every yeah. day when you sleep let it all go. It went with that day. Make space for the new day. That is how, you know, um, strong people find joy in this life. And when I practice it, I said, oh, they were right. <laughs> Just yeah. take it, take it, immerse in the day, deliver the mandates of what's needed, stay on course, don't fold, um, you know, stay solid. And when you sleep, be grateful. Enjoy the perks that comes with your life. And tomorrow is a new day. And yeah. And, I, and yeah. So I'm I'm really generally um a happy person. I'm excited to engage with the world. I'm I'm, I'm never in a space where if if I don't want to be somewhere, I I I, I feel it in my body. I get very uncomfortable and I ask to leave. Yeah. And I should find my way back home as soon as possible. But generally, being such a traveler that you know I am and being in a business development role, which has me quite mobile a lot, 95% of my encounters with the rest of the world are as happy as they should be. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, this is this is very beautiful. And I think it's actually a very different approach to to how how people deal with imposter syndrome and how people tend to look um look at the world after having uh been challenged by by a different part of like life and in, in general and like career and everything that comes with it. Um and in 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 what you just said right now you mentioned um just being of service to others and 
this manifests in you being available for community and very much available to 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 the tech community at that outside of your work and i wonder why is that important to you why is it important for you to actually be in that space of giving of yourself for the community especially for the tech community i i feel that's just how i'm built I I I really um I really don't know how else to to explain it because there is there is so much uh, joy in in the gift of being able to help somebody. You know, sometimes you just come in a a setting where there's a problem. Yeah, because you are not immersed in that problem. You you come in and you solve it and you walk away. And 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 those people would look at you like, wow, you have no idea. And they're so appreciative. But to you, you didn't even lose an ounce of your energy because mm. it's just something you carried to that space and, and you're no longer relevant. You don't have to stay and say, please give me all the praise. Please tell other people that I did this. It was just in that moment. And and I do a lot of that in my day to day. And and it gives me warmth. And, yeah. and, and on my on my personal side, I had to to trim it a lot because then you realize that um if you always giving from a bottomless fountain, one day you realize you're all empty, you're all out, and you can't replenish because you gave you too much of yourself. So I'm very disciplined on, on the personal side, who I get access, who I give access to that side of me. Because um, when people take and they find comfort in the convenience of what, what you bring in their lives, they will never let you go. And you will always bear their burdens on their behalf. So I had to learn how to manage that. But on the professional side, Call me any day where there's complexity. I will get the most excited in solving that complexity and actually even reaching out to other principals that I know are smarter than me, more more powerful than me, or they have bigger networks than I have. Like, can you please help me to find this? I'm looking for. I'll I'll just be a busy bee, the busiest of bees. How excited to to try and get that thing to be solved. Yeah, and so that we move, and and for entrepreneurs, I I I I am passionate about doing that because they struggle the most. Yeah, and and I'm empowered that my job enables me to then help them. But it it really comes from a place of passion, and something that I believe I carry within me. Although the expertise of solving whatever problems that comes every juncture is um no knowledge and skills that that we acquire through hard work and a l- quite a long time to, yeah. to acquire mm. yeah yeah we so, we are about to wrap up right and before we do i actually i have just like one more question and it's more around the fact that you have like just a well of knowledge and you do so much already and there's this there's a lot that i believe you 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 have in your store to give out to the world um and i'm wondering in that space when you are like a giver and you're always giving and everything 
what is it that you do to actually fill up your cup um, to make sure that you are not running it from like an empty space um, in general? Oh. Um, I'm one person that um, retracts a lot mm. from humans. Mm. Uh, but I don't do it from a place of uh, painful encounters. I love um, solitude a lot yeah that helps me think and that's where I find the most joy in life when I'm in the stillness of nature mm. and yeah, it's so weird because I'm, I'm 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 really trying to now <laughs> trim my 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 thought process because now <laughs> this person is popping in my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's the one person I can relate to. <laughs> yeah, with with this type of 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 the me that um I I, I, I am and how I and how I. Re- replenish me yeah and I I I just I just I just I just found it um something that I should never lose mm. about about myself because I I I I, I learned at, at at some point in in my life I learned um let's just say the past few years I learned that um life makes sense more to me yeah when I'm away from whatever situation that drains me and I'm able to think from an eagle's eye nest mm. when I'm in nature and you don't find a lot of people that will will help you navigate that side of you yeah and this is why I was trying to trim my conversation around I, I don't want to mention people and names but along the mm. line my life I meeting people that are built like that that yeah. wants to go and clear the thoughts and actually recoup their feelings and energy mm. far away from, from humans without making other people feel like they hate them you just want solitude and you, you, you have a right to to immerse yourself in that solitude so having that privilege and access to such people really, really, um, really made me happy and affirmed that um, it's something in me that I should never deny myself. So yeah, yeah that's how I recharge. I go away, away from people to recharge, to give people more of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's much needed for sure. It's definitely much needed. Oh man, um, so I think this has just been really beautiful. Um. I, I can't begin to tell you how appreciative I, I am of um giving yourself um to 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 this community. And I hope if you're listening out there, wherever you are, you've gotten something out of this. I know I've learned a lot. I have a privilege of actually just like having to be able to reach out to her whenever I can. But I think um and I hope for you that you have gotten to learn in this past two hours actually it's been two hours can you believe it yeah Uh, it's actually been like that long I hope I hope you've taken something out of this and before we close so I don't know if you have anything that um you would have loved to talk about and we have not touched if there isn't any um we are gonna go move straight to 
um, one of the beautiful segment, my favorite of this of this podcast, and that is a letter that I have asked you to bring. To, and in this letter, you're gonna read in your own voice to your younger ten years old self. <laughs> okay. One last comment for me would be to encourage you. Uh, yeah. You've always had, I think it's your calling. You've always had, um, you brought a lot of, um, I'm I'm the hot skin type, the fairly masculine energy type of girl because I'm a girl that was raised amongst five brothers. Mm. My other sisters are older and all that, but I I'm I have more of a harder skin than you and watching you bring so much feminine energy to the world of tech really, really warmed my heart. And when I always told you that please never stop and never allow yourself to be in any setting that would take away your energy and your smile. I really meant it because yeah. it's it's people like you that that can affirm our daughters. Um, um I've, I've got a hard skin. I, yeah. I didn't have for it. Um, you you think twice before you even try and test anything about my existence. And I love that about me. Yeah. But it really warms my heart. It gives me butterflies in my tummy the way you approach this male-dominated tech world and the way you express yourself and the way you allow other young ladies to to be okay to know mm -hmm. that it's okay to go after what you want in life and it's okay to express your needs because the universe will respond and give you yeah um, some of us we look like we walk in a space and we command what we need and we say we are not leaving until you give it to us mm -hmm. it's not the case it's just our body language and how we are built. But you, you represent the feminine energy that we need in industry, where you communicate gracefully what you need, and the universe gives it to you in abundance. And yeah. um, I just want to put it on record that do not stop that. Um, follow the thought process of what inspires you to create such platforms and respect it. It's yeah. your it's your contribution to, to 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 this world that you live in. Um it may not be as grand and as fancy as other things out there. You may not feel like you you're the big thing, but at a human level you really are. So I wish you all the best in in, in this and I hope it becomes you know just a beautiful outlet for for for, for like minded ladies to yeah. come and express their, you know, each one touch whomever they can. Mm. So kudos to you, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, my yeah. little poor heart. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I will never tire from telling you oh, how proud. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You've yeah. been so consistent <laughs> with this, and I really, really appreciate you for that. Um, thank you for the affirmation. Thank you for the reminder always. I really, really appreciate you. So the letter to my 10-year-old self, oh, I can't express this letter, Fulani, without having my parents mm, 
faces in my in my brain mm. and they are both late but I'm sorry even my voice the tone in my voice is 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 it's changing yeah. because you know when you hit emotional notes yeah you 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 when you hit emotional notes about you know a letter to your 10 year old self I'm really trying to get back to my strong voice, but I can't. I no, let's let's keep this it's one. It's a global this platform. Is... I don't care if the whole world is listening, but I I'm just it's... gonna be very vulnerable right now. Yeah, let's 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 keep this one. I the, think this is the, the one that the world. Letter to myself is just to say, um, Maholo. I was not called Malise. Malise is a name I had to teach other people to call me because it's my father's uh father's mother mm. he, he his grandmother so th- he called me Maholo it's grandmother in Sibeli mm. is that um you never have to worry about a thing um stay grateful for having parents that provided for you so much that you you grew up with so much privilege of throwing your toys, making choices, and changing your mind, knowing that you have a right to change your mind, not even worrying about who you upset along the way. And in the end, it was worth it because you did everything that you needed to do to discover who you are and to learn your talents. And your talents set you apart from others because you're not apologetic about them and you you will gracefully navigate the world in any industry that you you find yourself working in because it's all about what you carry inside you it's the fire inside me and and the little fierce fire in me has has made me very unpopular but i realize now that I wasn't popular in spaces I never belonged in. That's why those people would reject me outright. And that's why now I feel I'm where I belong. And I'm I'm quite grateful to 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 know that and to know that my journey is was a very fulfilling one. But I Kilani, I'd like to end our interview by by thanking my parents, my mom and dad. Um they gave me options. And we need options to yeah. every parent that's out there that have the ability and capability to give their children options. I would say, please stay on course and do that. Never let your kids fight battles that you are able to fight for them now, you know, for the betterment of their future. Mm-hmm. So my parents hard work as modest as, it may have been in a macroeconomic level, changed my life and my options. And now I was able to track the whole world, choose what I want to be and choose what I want to study and and, and, and just choose where I don't want to be because I have a right to, to that privilege. So I'm grateful for that. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Oh. And it didn't even feel like it was two hours. <laughs> Oh man, like this is the longest I've had so far. Um, I don't know if I will have like the longest like this, but somehow when I walked into this, I knew this was not gonna, 
I, I, I think I wanted to just allow whatever to actually take over because I, I have experienced you and I know who you are and that your story was not going to be like a 30 minutes, let's have a chat and that's it. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. Like, I think somehow personally I walked, I walked in here and I knew that this is not going to be like just a very short 30 minutes chat. And um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I really hope that everybody who actually listens to this is like learning something and they, they actually get to just, be uplifted, be empowered, be imparted with some sort of knowledge because you have shared it all. And I really, really appreciate that. And uh oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's so I'm good. so happy right now. Thank you for having me. It's and, so um, good. All the best. I wish you all the best and be uh, grace and all the blessings in the universe. Yeah. You deserve Thank you for joining me in this episode of She Talks Tech. If you enjoyed our discussion and found it inspiring, I encourage you to follow and share the podcast. By doing so, you will never miss an episode and can help spread the empowering stories of women in technology and STEM. Let's work together to break barriers, shatter stereotypes, and build more inclusive and diverse future. Join the conversation, follow and share the She Talks Tech podcast. Thank you so much for your support. I look forward to having you with me in the future.